0: This podcast is a segment of the book Godly Grit, scheduled for publication in late spring or early summer 2021. It will be available at Amazon as a Kindle ebook, in paperback, and as an audiobook. It was a cold but bright Monday morning. It was April the 15th, 2013. And we had two family members running the Boston Marathon that morning. The morning was buzzing with excitement and anticipation. We rode bus number 7 to Harvard Square and then took the subway to downtown Boston. The city was alive with the event of the day. It took over an hour to shuffle our way through the crowd to place ourselves next to the finish line fence where we told our children we'd be cheering for them. I maintained our position next to the barricade and my wife went to get us some hot chocolate. The warm cup of hot chocolate felt great. As I was taking the first sip, it happened. The first bomb exploded. The crowd was bewildered. What just happened? Did one of the buses at the finish line catch fire? What was going on? It seemed like minutes when it was only a few seconds when the second bomb exploded. Now there was no confusion. We saw what happened across the street from us. We tasted the gunpowder. We were in imminent danger. It was like a curtain of haze descended on the event. We were confused. The crowd was confused. The police officers in front of us looked confused. No one knew what to do. Now I had worked in an emergency department for 12 years and I have had to deal with many serious medical emergencies, but I was unprepared for this type of palpable threat. Do I jump the fence to give medical assistance? Do I stay with my wife and find a safe place? Do I look in the crowd for our daughter-in-law and infant granddaughter that were on their way to meet us? Where was my son on the marathon course? It was clear that the same terrifying confusion paralyzed all those around us the once lively, boisterous crowd was eerily silent. To do well in these times when danger is present and our action is required, we do not want to be timid or controlled by fear. The stronghold of imminent danger is the stronghold of paralyzing fear. Suppose you want to preserve and develop your resilience. In the case of the stronghold of imminent danger, You need to be able to evaluate a threat and approach it appropriately with sound judgment and discipline. This task seems impossible when you are tasting the gunpowder. This stress is faced day to day by many professions in our community who are there to keep us safe. The police, paramedics, emergency room staff, and fire department staff work amid this type of stress all the time it is also the stress faced by military personnel who are always under attack. Without these brave individuals in our community and fighting for our country, we would be facing a lot more stress of imminent danger, and we would be doing so without the necessary tools to do it well. The antidote for this type of imminent danger stress is to accurately evaluate the potential for real danger, avoid it if possible, and if unable to prevent it, then develop a plan to be adequately trained to deal with the real threat. If you want to be ready to handle the stress of imminent danger, you will rehearse your plan and put it into practice when the danger level is low. The antidote to imminent danger stress is to act on an already developed plan to deal with the event. In Boston, we had a great plan A. We had a prearranged meeting place to get together after the race, and we even went to the finish line the day before to practice the plan. All seven family members knew where to meet and how to get there, but we had a faulty plan B. Plan B depended on our cell phones. Within minutes of the bombing, the authority turned off the cell towers. I stood there paralyzed by indecision, but my quick-thinking and quick-acting wife contacted the two family members who were waiting at the predetermined spot and sent them away from the finish line. She then contacted our daughter-in-law and set up a secondary meeting place. Then we prayed. The accurate evaluation of danger, practice, and plan will lessen stress and strengthen resilience when facing imminent danger. However, The problem is that as human beings, we tend to be more affected by presumed danger and motivated by fear. Most of us face the imminent danger type of stress day to day in the category of fearful what-ifs. What if someone breaks into my house? What if the road is icy on the way to work? What if there is a flood? What if my house catches fire? What if the stock market crashes and I lose all my retirement? We are human beings devoid of reason and directed by emotion. So now, when you take a concept of threat and danger, and a mix of emotion and fear, you have the ingredients for a toxic soup. Our emotional memory is more robust than our rational memory, and we are governed by a deep-rooted fear much of the time. The goal of the enemy with this stronghold is to hobble you with fear and dread. Meditate on Psalms 34, 4, and 5. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon Him. Join your life with His, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You will never wear that shame face again. The Bible has hundreds of references to not being controlled by fear. Fear is not rational. It is unreasonable and often more destructive than the object or event that evokes the fear. If you could somehow calculate all the human hours of productive life lost through the real imminently dangerous situations like natural disasters and war, it would pale in comparison to the hours of productive life lost because of fear. Fear is powerful. Fear is disabling. It is a ruthless master. It will beat you down. It will make you feel useless and unworthy. It will sicken your soul and drain your grit. Fear is one of the most common tactics used by the enemy. Fear will stop you from finding and using your voice. Fear is a powerful force and has the power to rob your joy and destroy your potential. Say goodbye to your grit. Fear of cancer has more life-robbing power than cancer. Cancer may shorten your life, and it may steal your tomorrow, but fear takes your life today. Fear may protect you at times, but ongoing fear is never your friend. Fear will leave you in a pile of anxiety and worry that will limit any productive action. In the end, you will have lost your energy, joy, peace, and resilience. Fear will convince you that if something is considered dangerous, it will have to be terrifying. And that if it is not scary, it is not harmful. Fear is an emotional response and not a rational response. Fear will tell you that if you feel you are in control, you are safe. And if you are not in control, you are in danger. Fear will completely twist your ability to evaluate the potential for real danger. If we are to have any resilience, we need to figure out how to deal with fear. Let's look at an example of how fear, real danger, and a sense of control can twist our ability to reason. Let's imagine you decide to ride your motorcycle 50 miles to do a tandem skydive. You are a skilled rider, the day is clear, and you will not have to ride at night. You are in control, and therefore you feel safe. As far as skydiving goes, you get some preliminary training, get strapped in with a skilled skydiver, and off you go. When you leave the plane, you suddenly realize you are not in control. You are terrified and evaluate the experience as dangerous. Now, in reality, if you were to look at these two events rationally, the motorcycle ride was much more dangerous than the skydive. However, the problem is that we do not evaluate rationally. We evaluate emotionally and we end up being controlled by fear or become dangerously confident when we feel in control. Fear is powerful. An excellent ability to evaluate risk will serve you well. But fear will only bring you down. Like physical pain, fear is a loud voice that must be reckoned with or else you will become a self-centered, self-focused pile of misery. Fear is a liar. It suggests it is present to protect you, when in fact it is present to destroy you. If we are to reach our potential and become more resilient, we must learn to recognize fear, identify it as an enemy, and learn how to set it aside and move forward. It takes godly grit to tear down the stronghold of fear. So then, how should we deal with this mighty stronghold of fear? Not only is fear deceptive, but it is also destructive. It will increase your stress, cause stress-related disease, rob your joy, destroy your plans, drain your motivation, and dissolve your grit. To deal with fear, we first need to recognize it for what it is. It is not our friend, it is our enemy. Don't run from it. Fear will hunt you down. You have to face it and call it by name. Once you recognize it for what it is, then don't feed it by always letting it rumble around in your mind or be the focus of your speech. Instead, learn to hate it. Do not let fear limit your experience of life. Life is short enough. Ask for help if needed. There are many times when fear is too overwhelming to overcome on your own. Do not internalize or personalize fear. After all, you are trying to get rid of it. Take some quiet time alone to define the fear, externalize and depersonalize it by giving it a name. For example, if you are afraid of public speaking, then give it a name like, here comes Anxious Pete, to prevent me from speaking to this group of strangers. As a final death blow to fear, find someone else with similar fear and help them overcome that struggle. Follow the advice in the Bible in 1 John 4:18. Where it tells us that perfect love drives out fear. This statement does not mean that we should wait to experience someone loving us entirely. It means that in the presence of our fear, if we focus on loving someone else thoroughly, our fear will soon disappear. Caring for and about others with a common struggle is the power of small groups as seen in AA or successful drug recovery programs. The presence of a non-judgmental support group allows you the opportunity to help others who are struggling with similar pressures and fears. In turn, you are maintained and strengthened through the process of giving. You end up getting what you give, a reduction of your fear. In this context, make it a goal to give away your fear. If you are plagued by the stronghold of fear and imminent danger, then assess Avoid, plan, prepare, and practice. Recognize fear, call it out, and then give it away. Do not let the enemy control you with fear generating lies. Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my revelation light to guide me along the way. He's the source of my salvation to defend me every day. I fear no one. I'll never turn back and run from you, Lord. Surround and protect me. Tear down the fear stronghold.